When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donsker. I'm Henry Larson. I'm Peter Torepko. And you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. We're back again. Game to Lava here. We're bringing you Antwerp, Cologne 2. I've got a new bracket to hold the microphone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've just realized. <laughs> what have you got on your end, JG? <laughs> Mate, nothing new. I've just got a new laptop because the other one, well, I don't even want to go there. Oh. But I had to go into work today to get a new laptop. I spilled <laughs> some water on it yesterday. Uh, so it's been a bit of a nightmare day, but it's oh. Friday. So I'm in good spirits, mate. I've got a beer. Mate, and, cheers um, to that. Yeah, Every cheers, mate. I'm actually looking forward to this podcast today. Indeed. And uh, it was a nightmare for you yesterday, but it wasn't just a nightmare for you. It was actually a nightmare for somebody else who you predicted. Let's say Sparrow still. Would you like me to bring up the, the reason draw? I say that is I think Jill Simon's going to beat Shapovalov, mate. Jill Simon's going to pull off one of his wonders. He, well, <laughs> you never know, do you? You just never know with Jill Simon. And there you go. <laughs> Jill Simon wins against Shapovalov. And Mate, you didn't get my with... prediction in. I literally said my prediction was 6-1, Jill Simon, 7-5. Granted, he didn't win the second set 7-5, uh, but it's pretty mad. I called the first set 6-1. Yeah, yeah, mate. Well, you did very well. I was the person saying, I thought, well, if he could get past Joel Simon, he could have a chance of winning the tournament. But yet again, I jinx Shapovalov into defeat and he goes out of another tournament once I tip him. So I'm going to stop tipping Shapovalov just to give him a little bit of a chance in his career. So uh, I think I should just avoid Shapovalov and uh, hopefully if he's watching, I apologize. for Mate, your uh, internet's gone a bit funny. Yeah, yours is a little bit, but I don't know which of us it is. I think uh, it's you, mate, to be honest. We'll let see what the others say, but it looks like mine's fine on my end. I, th- I just see it's like you're robotic. <laughs> yeah, yours is a little bit of mine, but 
Shall we try and persevere? And yeah, uh, we'll go with it. Hopefully, it's gonna sort itself out. Tell me if it doesn't, and I'll jump out and come back in again. Yeah, not yeah. Tomorrow. But yeah, we had some. Uh, well, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about that match yesterday? I want to speak about Jill Simon Shapovalov because yeah. I was watching the match. Obviously, he had a vested interest. I tips the guys for the tournament, <laughs> and I was just begging that Jill Simon didn't give you your prediction. But then that first set. I don't know what happened. Do you either get one Shapovalov or you get another Shapovalov? You don't ever get the same Shapovalov turn up, do you? This one was a complete contrast to the other one. And you always say it's the Jill Simon effect. <laughs> He'd make no, the reason play. I'm saying it is I'm just bigging this guy up so much is obviously he's a bit of a joke, Jill Simon. He's one of these guys who has got all the ability to win top matches. However, he can lose to anybody as well. Um, yeah. The reason I thought he was actually going to win this match is purely based on the fact that I watched him against Batista a good last week and he yeah. lost in two sets, but it was very close. I think the first set may have been a tie break or it was, it was very tight. And uh, Jill Simon played some really, really good tennis. Like I was surprised at what level he was playing at. Yeah. Um, a good, we know how good he can be, so it's no yeah, surprise really that he won. Your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> kept those cards uh, close to your chest, didn't you? I didn't say that and letting yeah, me yeah. tip Shapovalov and you were just secretly knowing. There <laughs> no, was a... no, well, obviously, mate, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, in tennis, I could think that and then it's never going to happen. But It's very true. I'm just saying that like, I'm, I'm quite happy, to be honest, because I like Jill Simon. I think he's a top player and he does make the opponent scared. He's got that Jill Simon effect, man. That's what I've been telling you. And I can't believe it. You've already put in Shapovalov in the semis. Uh, you had him to win the next round as well. You jumped the gun too much, mate. And he's um, uh, come back to bite you big time. Uh, and I, even if it had gone through, uh, I think he'd be up against Yannick Sinner. And I wouldn't fancy him against uh, Yannick Sinner, to be honest, in the form he's in. He's looking like a well. I think he should have been my tip for the tournament, to be honest. He looks Well, you can see Sinner there. He beat Herbert. 6361 and Herbert's having a good season as well, but yeah. just blew him away. And yeah, uh, some of the really shots good. from Sinner, I saw, I didn't watch the match, saw the highlight reel. He's, yeah, he's looking good, like really good. Yeah, he looks incredible. Uh, and he's one of these people that we've been talking about uh, on and off, just as being the sort of next gen guy who's really uh, performing of late. He obviously did very well in the French Open, did very well against Rafa, beat Zverev. And now you're seeing it, he's continuing it and just so happy to see him putting together a nice run of form. But uh, unlike someone from the other competition who is on what I read, his worst world run of form in seven years. David Goffin has lost four matches in a row now on the main tour. And uh, yeah, it's his worst since 2013. Can you believe Or I believe he lost six in a row. Gosh, yeah, no, I, I can't believe it. He's obviously it was the number one seed in Antwerp, um, but yeah, it just didn't. It has not. It's not been going his way this season. He's not been able to win anything. No, um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Why he's not been able to. Whether his mind's not in it at the moment, and all this stuff happening with coronavirus clearly has had an effect on his game. Maybe. Um, I don't think it's the end of him. He's still <laughs> relative. He's not. He's not that old, is he, Goffin? I, think he's I feel late. like he's been around for a while, but I don't think I think we're still going to see some of his best stuff yet. Yeah, um, just so. not seeing it right now. 
And uh, no. he's, a, he's a really good player, isn't he? We know how good he can be. Uh, in other years, you'd expect him maybe to go on and win the tournament like this. Yeah, well, definitely. That's his number one seed for a reason. He's up there, uh, top 10 player. Just, uh, yeah, just been not performing, though. It's a bit of a s- sad to see, really. And, uh, well, you've seen another result there, which uh, we sort of wrote off. The one above, if I just sort of highlight it so that we yeah. can see. We, we both gave him no chance, did we? Bergs versus Hatchinov. Took the first set against Hatchinov. What a great performance again from him. So Mate, that... it shows this Bergs guy is a real good player. I've not watched <laughs> much of him. I'm not going to claim to, but fair play to him. I think that's more than what he anticipated he could do. The yeah. home crowd clearly got behind him quite a bit. Whether there was much, many in the crowd, I don't doubt it, but like family even friends. still. Yeah, yeah, the family got behind him, but Hatchinov, too much for him. And uh, Hatchinov, we're speaking about him later on in the podcast because I'm pretty sure this is yesterday, is it not? These results? These are old yeah, results. Yeah, these are yesterday's results. And we'll be, yeah, we'll j- jump on to uh, today's ones. We're just going to touch on these and we'll jump on to today's ones. Well, if we look at the top one, Raonic beat Nori. Bit of a yep. surprise. I thought Nori was going to win. I've not been impressed with Raonic of late. And we've seen recently he's just pulled out of the tournament. Um, yeah. Pretty yeah. sure that's through injury. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's looked injured, mate. The way he was playing against Borna Toric in the semi-final, the last one, yeah, for me it was just it was appalling. The, the quality was so bad in that match, and I was surprised. People could say, "Oh, Borna Toric got to the final," and I'm always giving him so much hate, but <laughs> more hate I think on well. on that day, and a lot of people could have beaten him. So uh, it makes sense why he's why he's turned out to be injured and not playing and pulled out of the tournament. So at least I wasn't going crazy with that pick before. No, true. And everybody's saying that you dumped Raonic. So, uh... Yeah, I dumped him for a reason, mate, <laughs> because he's not in the best of form right now. But and... we can put that a lot down to injury, I think. He's still and... a really top quality class player. Obviously, you got Lloyd Harris, really good back-to-back quarterfinals for him, beating Fritz there. Yeah, that's um, result, that. yeah, he's a really good player, Harris. Really good. Exciting as well. You can play on any surface. Yep. Fritz you know, is very is very more like one dimensional, isn't he? Like a hardcore player. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you don't really see him perform on any of the other surfaces. Not yet, anyway. He's still fairly young. I think he's about 23, 24. So he might flourish. Maybe the wolf will uh, give him some uh, little tips just to how to perform on the other surfaces. <laughs> but uh, yeah, round niche obviously drops out and helps your pick for the tournament move his way through to the semi-final as Dimitrov gets a walkover against Yeah, do you Raonic. want to go to the next guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's really many others. We've got Schwartzman below. That was really good, but not much to say. We Off kind of anticipated though. it. There were some yeah, good yeah. shots, though, in the highlight reel of that. That one, uh, Nishioka as well against uh, Struff. That was a very good performance by him. But obviously, I don't know. I, we haven't really given him much of a chance. or haven't been speaking about Nishioka. Don't forget, we're back on the hard courts again. This is mm. really where he shines. So, yeah. well, let's uh, move on. Well, I'm pretty he sure obviously... he's got Felix, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he does. Go, yeah. That's coming up later this evening. And, well, the title of the video, let's get into it. I watched this match today, Ugo Ombert, and he run, well continues his great run of form. And I was thought it was going to be a lot closer this match, seeing how well Harris did against Fritz. But Ombert, yeah, he, he really took it to uh, Lloyd Harris and had him, uh, it just seemed to have like, it was like a next level. I, I just thought that 
I thought it was going to be more even than it was, but it just seemed he had like another gear. He was yeah. rallies and it, it was forcing Harris to hit him long or in the net and the consistency level wasn't there. So really impressed. He's just showing how much he's growing as a player and I'm really excited to see him in the next round now. Mate, so, I, I literally, I'm going to get carried away right now. And you're going to be like, <laughs> calm on, down. Hugo Humbert's going to go all the way and win this tournament. For me, wow. he's the man he's the man in form. And I'm not basing it off all, necessarily always results because there's a lot of times he's lost recently and he's been pretty unlucky to lose. Um, yeah. I just think he's a, an elite player. I think he's 38th in the world, if I remember correct. And it's, it mate, he's only going to just keep yeah. rising. Like for me, this guy is elite. Like he is getting better and better every match I watch him play. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's credit to him really because I think he's been putting in a lot of hard work uh, on the training field, yeah, training yeah, court sure. and stuff. And um, yeah, for me, he's the one to beat. Young player as well, beating Harris in the form he's in. That's a, that's an impressive one. But yeah, yeah. for me, I think he's going to go all the way. Obviously, he's into the semi-finals now, mm. and he's facing. Evans, I believe. I think you've got Umber, Evans, and then the other semi-finals, Dimonor, Dimitrov. So we're going to be going head-to-head in one of the semi-finals. I know. Dimitrov's um, going to be disappointed now you're tipping Umber for it. Yeah, well, I've got to stick with Dimitrov, but I just think I would not be too disappointed if Umber goes all the way and wins. I think he deserves it. Like, the level of tennis he's played recently uh, warrants, warrants a trophy, I feel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely does. Uh, he's well, going to have his work cut out, uh, possibly in the semi-finals, but it's going to be a real entertaining affair because he's going to be up against Dan Evans, who probably the the match of the day so far, I would say, just for such an even contest against Karen Hatchinov. And these two really went at it, and uh, not without its controversy this match as well, because Dan Evans was, I believe, he was a they were fighting it out. At, to all and had the really long juice and there were some amazing shots in there from both players but there was one shot I think Hatchinov uh, hit that the umpire called it out. Well that was and, in the second set wasn't it? No this was in the first set there was one. Okay. He hit and the no line judges called it and the umpire called it out and he instantly went over and said to the umpire what are you talking about like why? Why is the, what's the point of having line judges here if you're just going to say something? And he said, uh, what, "He said after this match, we will sit down and we'll watch this shot together. And uh, you can tell me it's still out. And then you shows the replay, and it's like this far in. <laughs> it's like a whole foot inside the court. But he just hit it so hard, and Evans was on the baseline and just flicked it back. But yeah, terrible call from the umpire, and not the first. Well, not the first one either that went against him. He obviously had." Match point in the second set tie break as well. And uh, Evans managed to serve to uh, oh, keep himself in that second set. But then another dodgy call, wasn't it? Uh, in that second set tie break. From, uh, Mate, I've had enough of it. Like It's just so annoying. Like, I feel sorry for Hatchinov. He's such a calm and mild guy. Yeah. And um, he's not someone who's going to just speak out and get show his frustration for no reason. No. You saw him obviously kicking the net. Yeah. Uh, hitting his racket against the umpire stand and he was just visibly frustrated and rightly so the ball was in at the end of the day that was on a match point was it not it was on or in a crit- yeah. very critical well, yeah, point of critical. the match yeah yeah it was like it was like set point so yeah. it's you these sort of decisions are just 
they can affect the mental side of oh, everything. No, mean, after that, it was just over, I feel. Like, it's just not really fair. Like, I feel sorry for him. Like, what do you do in that situation? Like, do you walk off and think, what's the point of being here? But then you've oh. got to be a sportsman and feel like, this is the way what happens. In theory, I should have some go against me in my career, some go yeah. for me. And they should all even out. That's the way you can look at it. However, yeah. of late, it doesn't always work like that. I've, you see the same players keep getting victimised, right? Chapeau's another one. We saw some yep. terrible calls for him. Yeah. Even no, Djokovic. I feel like Djokovic gets quite a few against him as well. I'll be honest. He does um, indeed. I don't... Yeah, it's just a, and against... In such a pivotal moment of a match as well, it really uh, like swings the momentum of the match so much. And Evans obviously was coming back into it. It was a breakdown in that second set and the sort of was just fighting his way back. And Hatchinov just sort of was fending him off trying to finish that match in that second set yeah. to have that that was his main chance that was probably his only chance to win the match in because in the third set Evans took over and he looked a lot better than Hatchinov so maybe the head was gone mental side was gone already but it's just sad to see that these line calls and why is there no why don't we have Hawkeye for and we're still relying on line judges in all of these to- hard court tournaments why do we need them we don't need the line judges. We have the technology. It's accurate. Let's just use it. I mean, I don't know. How accurate is it, though? Like, I feel like, is it that accurate? Well, on hardcore, I don't think there's been any argument from any player. But, I mean, why else would we... Regardless, be though, it? I think the technology does need to improve. You're telling me that... Wait, the way person's... we live right now with technology, the way it is, they should be able to have very quick, decisive they do line have, calls. They, they say as soon as it hits close to a line on these matches when I've been watching them, it says close call like that. And they know as soon as it's hit how close it was to the line or if it hit the line and yeah. was like a millimeter in, they know straight away. And like those matches we saw in uh, in the sort of in between when we're having exhibitions, they had all, most of them were being played with just uh, the electronic yeah, system. But one thing, Ben, yeah, we don't want it to go too far, I feel, as well. No. We need to have a fine, fine thing. You don't want it to go to the stage where no players even get challenges and it's just everything's going to be automated. I think that would ruin it. Don't you, don't, don't you love the excitement of a challenge when you're in the stand and you're clapping, anticipating it, the player's not sure. You I know do. how brilliant that is. In the O2, it's a, I went to the O2 a few years back. It was amazing. It was so good. Wimbledon as well. It creates less. It creates a lot points. of tension. It makes it more of a sport. Do you know what I mean? You and it's not the that. It's tactical as well. Players only have a, a certain amount of challenges. They have to use them efficiently. You gain more if you if you if you if you get the call right. You don't lose your challenges, and I, I like that side of it in sport. You don't want to lose that completely and have every single shot automatically in or out, and there's no room for anything else. I think that becomes a bit more robotic, and you lose the human side of it a little bit. No, I saw one that was quite interesting. Uh, I was watching it was on a highlight reel the other day. And uh, it was actually, I can't remember who it was who was serving. And there was somebody serving and they they swear that they served an ace. And uh, he didn't have any challenges left. It was called out and he was facing uh, Sergei Stakovsky. So he asked Stakovsky, could I use one of your oh, challenges? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, yeah, go on then. He challenged it. It showed the ball was in. Yeah, and a good sportsman. Go. Yeah, that. super, super great sport. But that's there you go. Those sort of situations don't come up very often where the other player will give you one of their challenges. But 
I don't know. I like that type of thing. It it does open up stuff like that to happen in the sport as well, where you get these funny situations where players are asking other players for challenges. So yeah, I quite like the challenge system. I just wish that there was more accurate line calling. I mean, it's hard to say that, but how do you how do you do it? Mate, the ball's going very fast. Bibian moves everyone's about sixty. They're either sixty or thirteen. Like the line judges she has going for <laughs> So they either need glasses or they're not old enough probably to be doing the job. So yeah, I mean at these tournaments you really gotta have the best people doing it. So it's a tough job. I wouldn't want to be there calling it, especially with these mad tennis players around. So yeah, it's just yeah, one of those of situations. Always going to be a talking point and feel sorry for Hatchinov, to be honest, even though GB through to the next round. Well, Evans, Evans, yeah, he still, he still did it. What do you think about his chances against Umbert? I obviously <laughs> know what side I'm sitting on. I think, of, although I love Evans, I think Umbert's going to beat him. It's going to be a real tough match for both players. I think Evans on his day when he turns up, he's a real like handful for anybody. Uh, maybe excluding the top three players, but he can give anybody else outside, say, like the top five, I'd say, a real good match. Uh, will he be able to do it against Umbert? Umbert looks like he's on an absolutely ridiculous run at the moment of form. I think I think it's going to be tough. I think Umbert, the way he's playing, he's winning the straight sets, and I, I think he could take out Evans, to be honest. And I'm sorry to say it to Dan Evans, but I think Umbert's probably going to win that as well. But, Fair enough, yeah. But so, let's move on to my guy because he's probably, even though we're talking about Umber being the standout player, the the guy who conquered David Goffin in straight sets just gets breezed past by uh, Alex de Menor. He just, I, I watched uh, some of this match and it was just easy. Like this is how, if your move, like I said it in the last podcast, if your movement and your speed around the court is that good, it's going to be hard to beat him. And he's, uh, well, he's playing some of the best tennis. And you know what good hardcore player Alex Dimitrov is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's what, that's what makes the semi-final really good, though. Do you not think Dimitrov, Dimonor is going to be very relatively even, I feel? Obviously, yeah. Dimitrov, a little bit more experience. Dimonor that got that youth on his side. Yeah. Very fast as well, isn't he? So um, I think that's very even. But I'm going to definitely edge on the side of Dimitrov. I think he'll get it done. He's had that extra rest as well. And um, I Never don't know. know. I think Dimonor is his race's run, mate. He's got a bit lucky wow. to get to the stage where he's been out. Oh, I think Gasquet should have knocked him out. No, mate, come, come on. on. He saved ma- did he not save match points against Gasquet? I don't think it was match points. Was it? I don't, I don't know. know. But I he, was, he was very uh, fortunate. Was a break. It was a breakdown in, the, uh, in that in that uh, second set, I remember, but just the way he came back was just so impressive. He's showing signs of like, that's the sign of like championship quality when you're down and out and then you pull it back. And that brings me on to the next person who I want to talk about. He sort of finished, well, maybe an hour or two ago as Diego Schwartzman and Diego Schwartzman. This was, well, an imp- such well, an impressive just to clarify before you do that we're going on to another tournament here this is Cologne yeah, yeah. now this is Cologne so yeah yeah we're moving from Antwerp to Cologne that's the semi-finals all wrapped up in Antwerp we yeah. go on to Cologne and this performance by Schwartzman 
Davidovich Fakina, he was playing out of his skin in this first set, and Schwartzman couldn't even touch him. And I was thinking, look, this well, is. I thought Fakina beat him. I generally thought he was done. I just five didn't see. two in the second set, he was up. Yeah, and no, it's mad. Never rule Schwartzman out. Look how good Diego Schwartzman is these days. And he proved it again. And that's what he said after the match. Mate, it's on any what... surface now, Schwartzman, as well. He's so versatile. He can play on anything and win. Well, this is this tournament, especially in Cologne, it's one of the slowest courts on the tour. And this suits players like Schwartzman and like a Nishioka, those type of players. They can, because they're so fast around the court, yeah. the ball is. Oh, Alex yeah, yeah. And their ball is likely to hang in the air a little bit. Well, Dimonor's in the other tournament in Antwerp. But yeah, in Cologne, yeah, it would suit Dimonor this type of tournament, though. He'd be perfect over he would, there. He would love it, mate. He should be over in Cologne. Exactly. But you see Diego Schwartzman, the way he was getting around the court today, as soon as he got a sniff, he was back in that match. Oh, my God. You saw him, his level and intensity just went up. And then you suddenly saw that it started shifting. Davidovich Fakina, and you see it in his face like, no, it's slipping away. I was one game away from winning this. And then in that last set, you saw as soon as he had that set. Mate, as, wow. as soon as the second set was gone, wow. the match was over. It should have ended it there. Swartzman was always going to run right in the third set. And like he did, 6-1, demolished him. But Fakina, you've got to be disappointed. I don't care who you play against. The level where he was in that second set, you need to be closing it out and winning the match. His actions between... That's going to gonna have to come with yeah. experience, though. He's still young, oh, yeah. isn't it? But ability-wise, now you can mm. see why I've been raving about this guy. He yeah, is yeah. the... I don't know. I'm, he's up there for me as one of the most exciting young prospects on tour. Definitely. 100%. Like, he's so good. Like, I remember watching him in the Young Gen tournament last year. Wasn't yeah. that good. Wasn't that impressive. But then, then again, he was playing some really top players there. Obviously, Sinner was the only guy who won it. I think yeah. Dimon all come close. Maybe a finalist or semi-finalist. Um, so for me, though. I was even then I was super impressed with Fakina because he was battling with them guys, and it was a bit unlucky really in some of the matches not to win them. Well, he's not, but, it was unknown though, wasn't he? A bit unknown then. Yeah. So now he's definitely not unknown though, is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's made a name for himself now as well. And there's Lamb there. How you doing, mate? He's loving oh. Schwartzman. Schwartzman, yeah. my man. Uh, well, we have to agree with you. Schwartzman today and he said it best after his match because the guy was asking him he said <laughs> he said he said I've uh, I already had like uh questions to ask Davidovich Fakina after the match and now I had to completely rewrite my questioning <laughs> due to that and he said well at the end of the day I've got this number ranking number next to my name for a reason and it's because I fight till the end and I'm a true fighter on the court and he pretty much he's proved it again. You can never rule out Diego Schwartzman. He was so quick around that court and just never gives up. And that's the sort of heart of a champion, really. So looks good for him in the next round. Well, yeah. well one you skipped over there, Ben, is uh, Jill Simon Yannick Sinner. <laughs> well, I haven't skipped it. We're going to get to him. <laughs> Let's go on to him. Because and that's the Jill Simon effect, Ben. I keep saying it. It keeps saying. <laughs> Would you have thought Jill Simon could bagel Yannick Sinner today? No chance. I didn't. I I don't put anything past. And we know Jill how good Simone. form. That's what I'm saying. You can't just dismiss Chapeau based on the fact that he was playing bad. Jill Simon does it to anyone. <laughs> I've done it to Memphis. He don't discriminate, <laughs> Jill Simon. He's a, he don't he's discriminate. A, 
You can bagel any of you. Watch out. <laughs> any, even the big three need to be careful. You don't know against Jill Simon. Hey, he's French for a reason. He loves his bagel and baguette, so be careful. Uh, he definitely loves a bagel and a baguette. You're right. Maybe that is the key. Maybe that is it. He's just got French running through the veins, and he just loves just getting. But what stuck I want to ask the... you after that second set was: you worried the fact that did you think maybe he'd, he would be going out, Yannick Sinner, or do you think he'd come back in no, the third? I thought it was one of those freak. Jill Simon sets that you it's see. It's not a freak. I... It's not a freak, mate. It's <laughs> the norm. It's a freak within the match, though, because you see him lose a set and then he suddenly just goes into God mode for like one set and completely decimates top players. So I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And then the next set, Sinner probably came out of his spell, the Simon spell. And then managed to actually get back in the match again. But yeah, well played to Yannick Sinner. That shows real fight, that just to be able to get it over the line when uh, all the chips were suddenly down in that second set. So well played to him. Really yeah, and that excited. leads to semi finals. You know, have you got the draw up for the semi finals for that? Uh, I can bring it up. And while we were talking as well, Sverev's just gone through there. So my pick he is has. through. Uh, yeah, again, he's making it hard work of himself, isn't it? Going through in three sets yet again. He can never get it done in two, can he? Well, uh, I was watching this match as well. The thing well. is, you can't do that against a top. If he does that, does that against, say, a Schwartzman and has a set off, that's he loses, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not a set off, though, though, on this occasion. He's actually carrying some sort of injury. And uh, in that second set, he wasn't, his movement was a bit. Uh, I don't know, scuppered, and he it, just before they went into the tiebreak in the second, yeah, yeah, that was it, scuppered, hampered, yeah, <laughs> just before that uh, tiebreak where he lost the tiebreak, he was uh, had a very long medical timeout before the tiebreak started. Well, hopefully he still plays against Sinner. Well, well yeah, he pull out. He's uh, played a lot well, of tennis, isn't he, Zverev? Something we another... don't realize. He's played so much tennis of late. It's a rematch of the uh, the cl- the classic match. He might be wanting to get his revenge, though, surely, because obviously he lost to Sinner in a uh, French Open. He might be wanting to get one back. And in over theory, him. this is more stacked with Sinner than the French Open one. Sinner's a lot better on hard than he is on clay. So exactly. Well, his and, game suits it more. And, so you'd and, fancy him potentially to have a better chance. A wounded Zverev. Yeah, but I think so. If he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna come back. He'll be fine, and he's gonna end up beating Sinner. You Where's your guy anyway for this? Oh, he's already out. Oh, <laughs> yes, Someone that played to her. I didn't. Yeah, who was my actual pick? I don't know if he was the pick for the top. I said he was gonna make the semis, but then I, I don't know if I actually followed. Through I think you and... bottled it, mate. You didn't give a pick, probably. Nah, too I think scared. I was too scared of Jill Simon effect. <laughs> I know. But anyway, it's going to be interesting to see Zverev. Yeah, and then the other one is what? Potentially Nishioka or Felix versus Schwartzman. Yeah. I mean, Schwartzman, after that performance, well, are we going to see another Felix final? Is he going to be... Well, I think Felix is going to beat Nishioka, but I think beating Schwartzman is going to be a big ask. But it wouldn't wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Um, Mm. However, if Felix was to get to a final, would you fancy him? I don't. I think he could be playing anyone, and I think he would lose. It's I don't tough, know. It's just it? mentally, he's not there for the finals right now. What would be really interesting, I think, was if he was to be if he was to be in the final against Yannick Sinner, because obviously, two very young players 
inexperienced in ATP finals. If you can't, yeah, Sinner, take... Sinner for me seems a lot calmer. Yeah, but if you can't take a set off of Yannick Sinner in the final, who's going to have surely as many nerves as what you are? Then what's I don't going know. on? I don't think he was nervous, mate. Did you not watch him against Nadal? Who? He just loses confidence, Yannick Sinner. Oh, yeah. Yannick Sinner's just like an old head on young shoulders somehow. I don't know how he... Mate, he's like he... a four-year-old in an 18-year-old body, for sure. It's bizarre. He's got that ginger power, mate. I don't know what's going on. Ginger Italian power. And, uh, you know, the Italians, uh, such great crop of players coming from there at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a really great prospect. I would love to see him get into the final. I would love to see him win the whole thing because I think that would be so promising for the next gen. Really looking forward to seeing what he can produce. I think he could be up there with the Rublev. If he can start grabbing some ATP tournaments now, we could be seeing even bigger things from him coming into maybe the Australian Open, those type of things. You might see him go one step further in the tournament. So. Mm. Well, Ryan agrees with you, mate. He reckons uh, Sinner versus Felix in the final would be sick. Oh, for sure it would be. I mean, Felix, you just... Either of those people... That, that, would, that both... would probably hurt more for Felix if he loses it than all the other finals. Yeah, exactly. This is because this I'm... is the one where maybe he'd probably be the favourite in terms of like... It'd be def... I reckon he'd be the bookie's favourite to yeah, win. Yeah, he would. And that's going to come with extra pressure for sure. Because he's going into a match where potentially he feels like he should be winning it. And then if he loses that in a final, everyone's going to, all the media are going to be going for him. And it's just not a nice place to be. For his sake, I hope he can sort of just get this away from him and try, just get a win in the final and get it over with. And then everyone's going to stop talking about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just one of those, he's just trying to just get the monkey off his back, isn't he? Just get yeah. that. It's just like the team Grand Slam. Felix needs the ATP winning uh, off his back. So it's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to happen. He's still young. Don't forget. He's well, Felix young, asking how many finals has it, has it been this year? I'm not sure this year, but in total it's six, I believe, and he's not won a set. So he's 12 and 0. It's, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's, uh, it's really sad. I mean... For someone with so much potential, you just want to see these young players hit their potential. And we we need it for the next generation of the sport as well. I just want to see. I just was going to have a look back through some of Felix's uh, form from this year. Should we have a look through some of that? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I just thought it just might be interesting just to have a quick look through. Sorry if you're going to see me typing stuff in. So I'll put it on this while you do that. <laughs> but yeah, well, why you actually talk about that? Before you were talking about Italians earlier, and there's something I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, we've got Sinner doing really well right now. Another yep. good young Italian is Berrettini. Yeah, what's he yeah, playing at? Sure. He keeps pulling out. He's pulling out of all these <laughs> tournaments. I don't understand. Like he's not played much tennis, really. And uh he's just pulled out of Vienna. It doesn't seem to be an injury, but I'm not sure what's going on with him, but he just seems to be pulling out of a lot of tournaments late. And That's not a good sign, is it? What do you reckon it could be? Obviously, we can't really speculate too much. Is there anything to do with the whole virus or the fact that he's just not really... Maybe there is a bit of an underlying injury. You never know. Uh, he's not released anything from what I can see, but when no. players stop entering big tournaments, it's a bit of a worry. And obviously, well, we've got Djokovic isn't playing in Paris, is he? Yeah, but that's just tactical 
for the fact that he doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's this whole new, maybe it's this new point system and the way things that it's running. It's over 18 months now. So mm. players aren't so pressed to have to go and defend points in certain competitions now. So maybe that's taking an effect on their decisions on whether they even want to play tournaments. So you can avoid tournaments. Oh, of course it is. But for Berrettini's sake, it doesn't make sense. I understand the Dal Djokovic. That's a different sort of thing. Obviously, they both want to just maximise the amount of points they can get. Djokovic wants to be able to end the year on number one. So he gets close yeah. to, well, I'm pretty sure he's over, he's going to all overtake uh, Federer's record of the most weeks at number one. Um, Nadal's going to try and maximise as much as possible to try and get number one, I believe. I'm, I think it is possible, but extremely unlikely. Uh, yeah. Djokovic has to lose a lot of matches, I believe. Um, yeah, hell of a lot. But for, like, I, 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 they're, they're, them two are different. For me, I don't understand why Berrettini is missing so many matches. It must be something to do with an injury or something to do with the virus or a personal matter. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to speculate too much, but it's a bit strange, to say the least. Yeah, it is a very strange and just very sad. I don't. He's one of those players that we think if he could just up his level one little bit more, he could be touching Grand Slam finals potentially. And I just, I, he just doesn't seem to do it on the big occasions when he gets to those real big stages. He just, uh, he's going out, obviously went out to Rublev in the, in the last, was it the last Grand Slam or the Grand Slam before it was a US Open? He went out to Rublev. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little bit of a. Nothing wrong in that though, mate. Rublev is a bit. He's a, he's a tough, tough customer, isn't he? I think it's an understatement. <laughs> the way he's playing this year, Andre Rublev. Yeah, he went out to him obviously in the US Open, and then he went out to who did you go? Casper Ruud, wasn't it in a, uh, in Rome, and then Daniel Altmaier in straight sets in the uh, French Open. So that's a little bit sad. Obviously, Daniel Altmaier was a bit of a surprise package in uh, in where was it in the French Open? So I just bring it up there just so we can have a quick look. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit sad. But um, what do you make of some of his performances here? I mean, the people he's beating, he obviously beat Ugo Humber there in the uh, the guy that we've been doing the video about in straight sets at the US Open. And that's a really impressive result. Beat Kasper Ruud straight sets, but then goes out to Andre Rublev. And Berrettini... He needs to really, uh, I don't know, what do you reckon his best surface is? What do you reckon he's most likely to finally get the furthest in in Grand Slams? Do you think it's going to be hard or clay? Yeah, hard court for sure. I reckon US Open, he stands the best shot in. Um, I, I like him on that tournament. Maybe Australian Open as well. But he needs to keep playing, mate. I'm not sure what's going on at the moment. I don't want to spectate, speculate too much. So I guess we'll just move on from that. Yeah, we yeah, don't really I mean, know. So... Um, um, I want to address, obviously, something. Uh, well, Ryan's saying, is Nadal playing in Paris? Yeah, we said on the last one, yeah, he's got put his name down. He's going to be there. It's a bit of a stacked card there over in Paris. Uh, yeah, he's going to be leading the way, really, with no Djokovic. You'd fancy Nadal's chances to take the tournament, to be honest. So, uh, let's have a look down a few of the, more of these comments. Uh, well... We we'll have to address Gregor's there. I don't think Djokovic is playing, mate. Uh, so I don't think he could. No, in Vienna, he is. I said Vienna. Oh, sorry. Apologies. I don't think he's playing. I thought he said Paris. No, he's, Vienna. He's, well, he's in. He's got a wild card. That's true. We said that. And I was going to address. I wasn't uh, 
mugging JG off. He actually said wild card, then I looked it up afterwards, and he did have a wild card into the event. And he must be obviously hot favourite to win in Vienna now. So it's yeah. hard to look past Djokovic, mate, and you'd think yeah, yeah. he's going to do it. To answer Mira's question, that's a really good question, but I'd have to study. I'm not really sure um, what places are up for up for grabs. Obviously, if new ranking changes and the way it's working this year, it's yeah, something yeah. I'm going to have to have a look into. I don't know if you know, Ben. I don't know currently, but well, maybe we before the next podcast, we'll do a little bit of research into who could potentially make the ATP Tour Finals based upon the last remaining events that we've got. I did see a good graphic actually on Twitter earlier, but I just, I can't, I can't remember it exactly. And I don't want to just guess. Some well, of the, some maybe of the next podcast title will have the race for the ATP tour finals. And yeah, then, uh, we I think it's, it's coming up as well. So it's going to be quite exciting. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to let people in, but if they do, I might try and get some tickets. Um, you never know. You never know that like, how things are going to sort. They might allow few people in, like they're doing in other places. But not the well, sport in the UK at the moment's not particularly uh, big for fan appearances. Obviously, the football's still got uh, nobody there uh, whatsoever. So. Uh, are they going to let anybody in? I don't think there's any concerts or anything going no. on in the O2. So I think it's going to be very tough to think that there might be actual fans at that event. Uh, I wanted to touch on, remove away from that, something that you were saying to me before the podcast. And you were sort of, I think it might have been something you'd seen online and it might have been something to do with a bit of stocks and shares. Oh, here we go. This is now I'm talking, Ben. I was waiting for you to say that. That's Obviously, if you guys who don't know, I've been really invested in my stocks and shares at the moment. It's a good time during this pandemic. A lot of, You can get a lot of cheap companies right now, and I'm just enjoying it, learning about it. I think it's quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, Ben, is this. And I can ask you guys as well. Sure. It's an interesting question. So if you was to buy a stock in any tennis player right now, who would it be and why? So while you're thinking about it, I'll give you a bit of like background. So... Let's look at some of the players. You've got like the Nadals, the Federers, the Djokovic, them type of guys. They're like the Amazons, the, the <laughs> companies, like the, uh, what's it, like a, an Apple, Apple Tesla. like Tesla. <laughs> I think Nadal is a Tesla, like a proper big company, these big yeah, guys. Yeah. You don't want to, you, you can invest in them. They're probably going to still grow. They're still going to win some grand slams. But what I want to find is a hidden gem. I want like a, a penny stock, mate, like a really cheap stock. No one knows about maybe an IPO if you know a bit of a Ooh. stock limgo. A new stock was coming onto the market. They're doing a public offering for this for this share. Who yeah. are you going to go for, Ben? Who are you going to buy? Where are you going to put your money? I've given you a hundred pounds, so put some money down on some shares. Obviously, you'd have a few more seasoned players. Maybe the thing is, you've got to be careful of the it's likes great. of like a Yannick Sinner and that. They're very expensive. Oh, expensive Massetti, now. Alcaraz. They're very expensive. People know about them. I know. They're like an up-and-coming fintech company. It's very tough, isn't it? It's very tough to pick some of these players uh, that we were talking about, obviously, over a year ago, that now they we would have probably invested in them then, like a Massetti or an Alcaraz. And now you see, really, the fruits of their labor are really coming to a fruition. They're really starting to progress in these ATP tournaments and stuff like that. So before, a year ago, I would have had some money in a Massetti. I would have had some money in an Alcaraz. 
probably would have made a bit more money off of Massetti because I think people were more wise on Alcaraz. There'd been a bit more of a big deal made of... Uh... Mate, we both would have put money on an Alcaraz. Oh, but it's sure. a bit too late now. He's too expensive. We've missed yeah. it. We've missed the boat with him. Well, we haven't, but for this <laughs> for this scenario, we've missed the boat. I want to know who who's one of these exciting players people necessarily won't know about who you think are going to go on to big things. I've got I've got a handful of players. Well, I know that we've been speaking about a couple of players who are two pretty good youngsters. Uh, well, there's probably there's, there's sort of a small handful, like you're saying. I'm not going to take the one player who I know you want to uh, speak about, but I want to speak about. No, you speak. You can you can speak about him. He's not in my selection. Oh, he's not in your selection. Oh, is he the Brit? Yeah, yeah, the Brit. Yeah, no, you take him now, and then we can talk about him. That's All a right, we can segue. speak about the Brit because there's a yeah, very promising British young player who's uh, just sort of coming through, and it's not Jack Draper. We've spoken about him before. He's obviously about 19 years old. This is another 19 year old, which is uh, Anton Matasevich. Yep. And uh, I don't think you're going to been... bring up his uh, his what he's been doing. Then. I was going to bring up his. Uh, oh, should I bring up his? One sec. I, yeah, yeah, Anton Matasevich. I'll try and spell it. Yeah, Matt. while you're doing that business saying, I would invest in Beyond Borg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Point sure if he's going to be winning any more slams now, but yeah, it's a very uh, expensive one. Obviously, but, yeah. an old company. If we just uh, have a quick look and then ping over to have a look at Matasevich here. This is uh, the 19-year-old Brit, and you see his recent one, and he's actually playing and lost to today another player that we've been speaking about as well, a Polish guy, Kasper Zuck, who is, I think he's around 21 at the moment, yep. and really promising young uh, player on the tour, Kasper Zuck, and he had some very good uh, performances. I think it was the beginning of this year, or maybe the yep. back end of last year. Well, even he, in the exhibition stuff in Poland, he's been beating everyone, more experienced players. We've exactly. seen some really good talent come out of Poland recently, obviously on the women's side, with Igor Savontek winning a winning a slam. Incredible player she is. Amazing. Uh, she's already, we've missed the boat with her as well. We can't buy her. She's too expensive. <laughs> she's gone. You um, see her, you see she's her uh, in, Instagram followers. I think they went from uh, 10,000 up to about 400,000 within two days. So, yeah, she's really... Saying, no way. What Brit? I think he's going on the fact that the name Matasevich isn't British. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah I but apparently I think he's born in Kent, I believe. So, yeah, come he's on, as British the as they boys. come. Yeah, and, uh, he's have... an incredible player. Ben will go down there. If you scroll down there, there's a lot of green. He's won a lot of matches. Uh, yeah. A lot of them, can you can say, are maybe exhibition stuff. But we just really believe in the guy. He's 19 years old. Well, let's have a look. It could be a wise investment. Well, look at some of the players who he was playing against here. He played uh, Kyle, uh, was it? He lost to Kyle Edmund here, 6-2-6-1. But he lost to Kyle Edmund here, 7-5-6-3. And against somebody who's in the top 50 in the world, that's a pretty incredible performance, to be honest. Yeah. But the reason I've not picked him is because I think he can be got at. He's not... I've not seen anything of recently which has blown me away. However, he's a really top player, and maybe I would buy a handful, just a few quid, just get a yeah. few shares in him, just to play it. You, <laughs> because I think he, yeah, he's got a lot of potential, and he's he does look like a really promising young British player. We've got yeah. Jack Draper, but yeah. I personally think this guy could surpass Jack Draper. 
I think they're both going to be head-to-head. It could be um, the new Kyle Edmund, uh, Dan Evans. Well, yeah, you never know. I would love to see that as well. Obviously, you know, Jack And hopefully Graben. even better. Maybe one of these could actually win something notable, like a Masters 1000 or a Grand Slam. That would be amazing. And they've certainly got the game. They're really impressive. Uh, Matasevic is a really good doubles player as well. Um, yes. I'll let you talk about that. I know you was looking at it. I'll uh, flick it over there. Look, you can see his doubles form there. And he's obviously playing in, they've been playing in boys' doubles, but you see there they won the US uh, Open boys' doubles with uh, another hot prospect, uh, young hot prospect, Bulgarian talent, is uh, Andreev, who he's another really good player as well. The person people might not know about him so much. This was obviously back in 2018, but he's been sort of plying his trade he's on the He's been playing idea. well this year as well. Yeah, so he's another very good player. And these players, they might not be peaking at your very young ages and you're like 19, 20, 20. These players, give them a few years, maybe get into the 25s, 26, maybe the latter 20s. You might be seeing them start to really uh, hone their craft, I think, on the tour. So quite exciting prospects, I think, all round. Yeah. And I think this has cues me on nicely, Ben, to talk about my one. So I've done a lot of extensive research. <laughs> I liked Matasevich. I like Kasper Zuk as well, 21 years old. There's a handful of other players. I like um, the Czech guy, Le- Lecheki, 19 oh, yeah, yeah. years Le- old. Le- really good. Leheka. Leheka. He could be good as well. But I've gone for someone even younger. And I think this is going to be like the Carlos Alcaraz or Massetti level in a few years to come. You think he's going to be a bit of a late bloomer, but we've already seen brilliant things from him. Do you have any idea who I'm going to say? Can you give you me any clues on nationality? No, I can't give you the nationality. Why is it going to give it? Me saying that, I've probably just given it away. Well, that means it probably is coming from your neck of the woods in Italy then. <laughs> no, it's not my... No, no, no. No, is it not coming from Italy? I reckon... No. Well, obviously, one of the main big prospects on the tour is, uh, well, for me, one would be, is it Holger Rune? Is yeah, that he's a good name? player, but no, he's too, He's a bit expensive. He's looking... Bit expensive. People expensive. know about Holger Rune too much. This yeah, guy, I don't think many people bit. know. Even in the chat, there's not going to be many people know who this guy is. If you do, I'm impressed. If I don't you... think you even know who he is. <laughs> I, might, I might not know who he is. How old is he? He's 17. Well... That's why I thought it might be the Italian. I thought it might be Zeppieri because no, I know he's too well known, mate. He's too well known. Is he too well known as well? God, he's 17. Yeah, no, he's a good player, Zeppieri. But what about the American? Uh, no. Mart- Martin Dam. Martin he's Dam. A- it's not him. He's a really top player as well. He's about yeah. seven foot, I think. I remember watching one of his matches <laughs> against uh, Espada, I believe, in uh, the exhibitions. He's a good player. I think they've got Zachary Zvadda as well. Really good one. Zvadda, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, not who, that's not who it is. I'm going to put you out of your misery. The yeah, guy is researching as well. It's Shintaro Mochizuki. Ah, you're going all the way over to the Far East to give us yeah. your selection. I don't and know if you want to put him up, but he, for me, I think he could be a really, <laughs> really, let, really good player. I'll let you And I'm going to put a big part of my portfolio based on him. The reason is, 2019 Wimbledon, he's the, he's the singles champion. Well, how do you spell his name? Yeah, that's the thing. I've got it up just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, go on Fintaro then. Mochizuki. So it's Shin and then Taro. 
Yeah, but what's his surname? That's all I know. Uh, Moch, M-O-C-H-I-Z-U-K-I. Ah, uh, okay. Shintaro. Mochizuki. So, this guy, we've always, we were speaking about Anton Matasevich. He got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon last year. Do you know who beat him? Who? Mochizuki. Ah, there you go. Someone and... got to the semi-finals. Martin Dam, another name you mentioned. Do you know who yeah. beat him? Shintaro uh, Mochizuki. Wow. In the what... final, he played not only... You're one of your favourite players, Ben. A guy you love from Spain. Oh, go on. Carlos Gimeno Valero. Uh, and he beat Gimeno... him 6-3, 6-2 in the final. I do love Gimeno Valero. And big shout out to Gimeno Valero because he did actually bagel Bagnus in a recent tournament and knock out Bagnus. I think it was 6-love, six 6-3 or 6 yeah. So just a crazy result. So yeah. big shout out to uh, Jamino Valero. Yeah, and some of the, I just want to say some of these names who were in this tournament. So Shintaro Mochizuki won the 2019 Boys Wimbledon. And some of the players playing were Harold Mayotte, really good player. Wow, you yes, know a good player. Yeah. Carlos Alcaraz was there. Yeah. Couldn't get through. He lost to Martin Dam, who Mochizuki <laughs> dispatched. <laughs> Oh, Mochizuki won the first set 6-1 against Martin Dam. And which is which tournament is this one? This is Wimbledon 2019, boys. Do you, want, do you want me to bring it up on the screen so everyone can have a look? Yeah, bring it up, mate. All right. I'll send you the link. I've literally got the link right here, so I'll send you the I've, link. I've got this on here so we can everyone can have a little look through. Yeah, but use this link. It, it, I've sent it to you privately on here. All right, then. So go on, then. Use that, click on that, and you'll see it come up quite nicely. It sort of uh, illustrates it well. And for me, I think he's going to go all the way. He's only 17 years old, really good player. He's got the overall game and he's only going to progress. A lot of you guys, I'm sure, don't even know who he is, but you will do now. He's someone to look look out for. And I think he could be the future. He could be someone who we could potentially be seeing win some of these big tournaments. Obviously, it's a huge risk. That's one thing I would say. So just to even out the risk, I'm going to add a few maybe <laughs> experienced players to my portfolio in the likes of, I'm going to add a few Schwartzmans, just a few of them, because you know they're going to be there. Steady Eddies. Yeah. Well, consistent. I wouldn't add Shapovalov. He's a bit too hit and miss for me. I need some more steady players for me. You've just maybe had- a Sinner. I think he's he's got he's going to just only get better. You got to maybe put an Alcaraz if I can afford any at that rate. <laughs> I don't think you can afford an Alcaraz. Probably not. Right? But, I think yeah. uh, Jamino Valero. You might be able to uh, afford a couple of Jamino Valeros. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's one player that always goes to the back of my mind. But yeah, I remember watching him play uh, last year, and I just thought this guy is going to be the future. He's only eighteen now, and yeah, he's pulling out some great. Uh, Great victories. Well, but obviously- just look at some of them names there, mate. You, we know loads of them, and Anton was there as well. But yeah. he, he went all the way and won the tournament. If you scroll down, there's more names as well. Obviously, Rune there was the number there. one seed. Yeah, look at, that, look at that one. Scott bageled by Martin Dan, but then managed to turn it around and uh, win ten eight in that final set. Yeah, no. So where do you want to go down? Well, Lam was saying he would invest in Leonie Kang. Really yeah. good, exciting player. Very quite a good, good one. Obviously, we're not touching the women's side, but there's a lot of good ones there. Oh, it's tons. Savontek would would have been one I would have invested in, but it's too late now. Scott from the US as well. Yeah. She's looking really promising after that US I've Open. not done enough digging, though. I'll have to have a good look around to see some little hidden gem on the women's tour. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow if we can have a little look. Yeah, um, for sure. Sozan's here. 
How are we hey. doing, mate? Good evening. Got any predictions for us? Look at that. What's that? This you know, wants to know what's that? Uh, no, it's the uh, the only other cold one I have, and it's a Henry Weston, mate. It's the strong one. So lucky it's getting towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, anyway, Ben, that's that for that. Not really more much to say about it, but he's my pick. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to put. I'm going to go heavy on the portfolio with him. Mochizuki, well, a name to watch out for. Let's see how he does. I'm probably jinxed him and he's never going to win a match ever again now. Well, we already know about the ones that we were speaking about probably last year. Everyone pretty much knows about. I think I... Oh, yeah. Also, attention. one last thing. Mochizuki was playing today as well. He's in the semi-finals, I believe, of, of an ITF. I think yeah. Turkey, was, maybe, or Egypt. Egypt, yeah, in El Sheikh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I believe he was playing Manafov, who I don't, I'm not familiar with. But <laughs> he, went, he, is. he went to uh, three sets with Manafov and beat him. Yeah. He's been to three sets with everybody he's played this week. Yeah, not the best, but, mate, he's found a way. He's probably just take, he's just doing a bit of Sverev, you know, taking a set off and then coming coming through with the victory. Well, uh, mate, um, yeah, I think I'll wrap it up there, Ben, unless you've got anything else to say. No, no, not not too much. I just yeah, we'll just keep on trying to bring you the latest and greatest players. I know it's a reason that a lot of you people uh, tune into us because you don't just when you come to game to love, you're not just gonna get your big three, your ATP and all of that. We go deeper than that. We go in the background. Wait, we just we love the ITF. So the reason we started the podcast because of the lower ranked tennis. We just yeah. really enjoy it. And Grassroot. hopefully you, you will too. Yeah, we will tell you the people who are coming in the future. <laughs> and literally, we've seen it with some of these players. Massetti, we were talking about last year. He's been smashing it this year. And uh looks like he's going to go on some big things. So keep your eyes peeled because... Some of these youngsters, they're going to be coming through at some point soon. And, uh, yeah, we'll just keep our ear to the ground and see what other promising prospects are coming through. Because uh, yeah, yeah, and then also want... another thing we can add is this weekend, obviously, we've got some finals of the, some of the matches. Hopefully, Sunday, we can cover a live watch along. Hmm. I'm not sure which final, but you know Antwerp. which one we're going to do. Antwerp. Yeah, yeah. Antwerp, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're going to cover... I think that's the bigger tournament, to be honest. I know that there's probably... Some people hoping for Zverev to go through, probably Jagger will probably turn up there, hoping for that one. But yeah, I think if we can do both, we'll do both. But I think most likely we'll just do Antwerp final. And uh, fingers crossed we get the uh, final that we want to see there. Yeah. So um, who would you think, who do you reckon is going to be the final? Come on. Did you already give your selection? Well, who do you reckon? You reckon? And Dimitrov. Umber, D- Dimitrov. And then Dimitrov will beat Umber again because it's a case of Umber's going to play better and just probably warrant to win. Yeah, yeah. But then Dimitrov's going to come for and win anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's as good a reason as any. And uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm obviously not going for Dimitrov because Dimonor, the demon, he's my guy. He's cruising through. He bageled Giron. Come on. Dimitrov, who? He's just going to breeze past him too, sliding around the courts. So it's going to be him versus Umber in the final. Epic. Dimonor takes the ATP title. Thank you very much. And then the but, other side... Although if Sinner is in the final and we see like a Sinner versus um, 
But it was the other young guy. Can you just, I can't. Well, it's Felix, wasn't it? Felix Sinner or something. That would be maybe an exciting watch. Schwartzman well. so, Sinner. Or Schwartzman Sverev even. That would be pretty good. You could probably, I'm, that's why I'm surprised you say that's the bigger of the two. Felix I isn't think, through yet. <laughs> no, I think Schwartzman Sverev would be a bigger match than any, to be honest. Right, let, me, let me go back just to see if uh, they just kicked off and Nishioka's up a break. <laughs> first set. So it might be Nishioka Schwartzman, which would be really interesting. I would love to see that match because this court suits both of them so well. They're like the, are they the two shortest players on the tour as well? Would that not be like an interesting one to see? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think they are. I think they're five foot five and five foot four. Am yeah. I doing a disservice? Are they not that short? I think they are pretty short, both of them. So yeah, battle of the shorts. That'd be interesting. Well, it's proven that this court suits the those type of players and the quick, short guys around the court because. Nishioka, he's taken advantage straight away. So gonna be interesting. But yeah, we'll bring you yeah, we'll bring you down to up final on Sunday. I believe it's four o'clock in yep. UK time. So anyway, join guys, us. Thanks for listening. Uh make sure you like the video, subscribe if you've not already. And yeah, we'll see you for the weekend. Peace. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.